Hello, Internet, and welcome to Say Report Junior, the show you should be listening to, subscribe to, and downloading every week. We're two friends who uh, have never met in real life, have recorded Internet conversations. I am one of your co-hosts, Zach Sarawick. And I am your other co-host, Dale Decker. That is the cleanest opening we've ever done on this show. That was smooth. Yeah. That was beautiful. Uh, I didn't even sniffle that much because... Yeah, (laughs) because you you decided to watch sad things before recording. (laughs) It's not even that it's sad. It's touching. It's Uh, it's beautiful. (laughs) They're they're happy tears. They're touched tears. I had had my own cry sesh with... (laughs) A mix of happy and sad tears. So All right. you're gonna but when you when I tell you where they came from, that's gonna be the part that really, really gets you. I'm but, excited. <laughs> uh, since I am opening this week, that means it's my turn to ask you first. How has your week been? Oh, what have you been up to? Uh, it's been pretty good. It's been a pretty good week. Uh, my mom's birthday passed, so uh, we got to hang out. I got my first massage nice yeah like it was um it was really we did reflexology and then we did a massage and it was like i don't remember most of it like i feel like i just like kind of fell asleep it was like let it wash over you yeah like it's in that you you get in that in-between state of like am i asleep am i dreaming is this real life um but then like the next day i was like hurting and i'm like aww. It's over. Um, so that was cool. That's how they get you. Secretly, yeah. you need to you need to go back every day every week. to get back into that state. <laughs> Otherwise, day. it always hurts. Yeah, it was crazy. No, but it was it was really really cool, and I I, I recommend getting a massage to everybody. Um, it's really really because I like med like meditation is cool, and massage brings meditation like one step further, I guess right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm not going to question it. Anyways, we also saw uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah? How was that? I've heard, like, I've heard a lot of mixed things. Not, like, mixed, like, bad and good. Mixed, like, kind of, like, it's just one of those, like, kind of fluffy, Mm. like, biopics. And then other people who are, like, upset that it didn't go deeper into other things. So It's, um, so, I really, really enjoyed it. Um... I, le- I, I love Queen. I was kind of reminded, I was texting you about this the other day, um, I was kind of reminded of my love of Queen through it, so that was cool. Um, like, I remember being in high school and, and throughout college being like, Queen is my favorite band, Queen is one of my favorite bands, blah, 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 blah. like, here are all the songs, like, I can list. I didn't know the band members, so it was cool to... Um, see that side to like learn about the band itself, like right because like Freddie Mercury just is the face of that band, yeah, the personality that yeah. Um, it's it's a very it's a very weird. Um, there's a lot of strange story elements that happen that feel kind of out of place. I mean, the 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 hard thing with biopics, kind of like that, uh, with that not even kind of like biopics like that it's it's hard to like see something and be like is that real did that really happen or right, is that you're constantly like, like mixing characters exactly. together to make them into one yeah yeah and it, there's also like stuff with like in his 
in Freddie Mercury's like family life and all that that it's like oh that seems strange like those series of events seem strange but they very well could have been real and it like makes it even a little like sadder to watch <laughs> I don't want to give too much away because I, I think you want do you want to you want to see I it, will right? definitely see it at some point yes I think I'm, I, I'm I'm more and more convinced that I should just sit down and watch yeah, it you, because I'm I, hearing so many different things at yeah. this point that like I haven't got a clue how I'm gonna feel watching it <laughs> and I think you do owe it to yourself and it's it's one like like you don't usually care about spoilers but it's one that I don't want to spoil because... Which is surprising to say about a guy who has passed, who was real and passed away. And exactly. Like presumably, you would know elements what of their happened. life. Yeah, no. And still to be like, oh no, there are some surprising mm-hmm. shit you still have mm-hmm. to see. Is, well, yeah. Like I said, like I didn't, I did not know about um, Deacon and and Roger, Roger Taylor, right? I think, yeah. Um, and Brian May. Like, I'm asking the wrong. No, person. no, I know. Do not know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to test myself to make sure that I remember their name. Like, I did not know about the bands. The the like, again, like as a whole, the band of Queen. Like, I I knew the songs. I didn't even know that much about Freddie Mercury. I just knew the name and I knew like the costumes and I knew what he meant to the world of music. Um, but no, it was a. It's a really interesting and and fun movie there was a moment i mean obviously it's in the trailers but there's obviously a we will rock you um portion of the movie and i started doing doing my feet and clapping and i was doing it loud and no one else in the theater joined in and it made me kind (laughs) of sad and i was like we're watching a queen movie yeah, I mean, get it, into it, people. It sounds like it sounds like Rami Malek did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. like, of all the mm. things I've heard, oh, his performance is, yeah, mind blowing. So it's... like the idea that he would get you in that mood and like yeah. in that feeling is not mm-hmm. surprising. Well, it's um, also because it it shows that um, it's you know Brian Brian May Brian May um, like is all like I want I want the audience. I want a song for the audience to perform. And that's, uh, again, in the trailer. Um, I want there to be a song for the audience to perform. And he starts doing it, and they're in the um, recording studio. And it's like this cool sequence of the cutting between them in the recording studio and and them on stage. And just like this... It, oh, and it fills the theater. It fills... You feel like you're at a concert doing "We Will Rock You," and I was the only one <laughs> stomping and clapping. It felt uh. like I was like, "This is, this is fun." I also had a girl in front of me who had like a high bun, like on oh, top God. of her head, and it's <laughs> so, so Freddie, it, Freddie Mercury was just the top of her bun yeah, for the whole movie. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And it's like, yeah, because it's it's theater, it's seats that are. Um, they're not stadium seats. They're they're auditorium, so they're just a Bye. row, like one row after another after another. So I was like, "Oh, this is this is fun." <laughs> no, but I, really, I did enjoy it. Um, so I definitely recommend going to see Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, Can I actually very quickly tell you a very quick version of a Queen story I learned recently? Because yeah, sure. I'm I say quick version because I'm definitely stealing this from another podcast that I heard this on. <laughs> Uh, but that is that no one will take credit apparently for the baseline to under pressure. Uh, oh. In like 30 years of that song existing, 
there has been a like 10 or 15 different versions of the story of how that baseline was created and who technically made it and who made it better and who's one that made yeah. the version that made it on and like bowie would never was like refused to like say that it was him even though there's like five or six people like no bowie came up with that when yeah. we came back to the studio and then like their bassist was like oh you know i was screwing around with this and then someone else came around and added these two lines yeah, and that made it perfect under and like pressure no wasn't, one under pressure wasn't originally queen right it was well, it was it's interesting because it almost like it appears on Queen's best of album that I yes. own at some point. Yeah. And like technically it is a Bowie song, but I think like it mostly only appeared on Queen albums in some form, as far as I know. It's very weird. Yeah. And so it's very weird about like like Bowie definitely wrote the song. It was like had a very different version of it. And then when Queen came in, that's when the bass line came in, and that's when they kind of all meshed together. Uh-huh. And so there's this weird I think what it is is there's this weird kind of respect around that song between Bowie and Queen where no one wants to say, oh, yeah, that's our song, mm. as, as opposed to like, no, that's like that's the song we created together, which is why we, for whatever reason, will not tell anybody where the most famous line in bass line in classic rock yeah. history came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, there there is uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I like I don't know if it's spoiling. There is a moment. I'm just gonna say there is a moment <laughs> in the movie because it it's directly uh, affects that. There's you know there's the beginning of the the like beginning where they they all write their own songs. They all bring up their own songs and each one gets credit for the song that they write. And then later on in the movie, they're like, "We are Queen. It's no longer like if someone writes a song, it's Queen's song. There's no more sharing of." Uh, there's no more owning of a song. We all share the songs. It's almost so, like, like an anti-Beatles thing, because that was kind of what <laughs> tore the Beatles apart yeah. in the end, was the fact that that's what they did all the time. Like You always knew whose song was mm-hmm. what, and then their egos got in the way. Yeah. And I have no doubt that had Freddie Mercury not passed as young as he did, like they would have been going for another God knows how many years yeah. before they yeah. finally retired. Yeah. So it's crazy, yeah. But definitely, one hundred percent. I I think everyone should see Bohemian Rhapsody because it is a, it's a cool, it's a good movie. It really is a fun movie. Like I said, there's some there's some weird, uh, narrative things, but it's such a good movie that you can kind of look past them, right? While you're watching it, and then as a discussion, be like, oh yeah, remember this? That was weird, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, did, did you recognize Mike Myers, by the way? Because yes. I didn't even recognize him in the trailer. Yep. I didn't realize it was him until I was well, he was on uh, Colbert recently and talking about it. So, and then they showed the clip, and I was like, holy crap, it's him. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I saw his name. I never saw a uh, – oh, wait, yes, I did. Never mind. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say. Anyways, okay. so um, <laughs> I didn't know Mike My- – I don't think I knew that Mike Myers was in the movie until I saw his name on the screen in the opening credits. Ah, okay. See, I wasn't so, sure if he got like that billing yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, like he, that, yeah, he definitely does. And then I was like, huh, all right. So Mike Myers is going to be somewhere. And then as soon as I saw him, I was like, is that? Yep, there we it's go. Only as soon as he starts there talking, he doesn't matter what accent he does, the second he starts talking, you're like, oh, that's Mike Myers I, doing I that accent. I will Boom. say, I will say, <laughs> even his, his the way he speaks in it is kind of difficult to tell it's him my mom didn't know she had no yeah. idea that it was uh, that it was mike Myers. yeah that's a that's another um, video people should look up look up his i think it was around halloween because he came in dressed as a canadian uh army man 
in whatever for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, he's on Jimmy uh, Fallon Colbert. or something, or is he on Colbert? I think it was, it was yeah. Colbert. Maybe it was Fallon. I thought it was Colbert. Anyway, they they showed the clip from that, but he also tells the story of Bohemian Rhapsody, yep. the scene in Wayne's World, and that's a fantastic story. Yeah. That's a beautiful story to listen yeah. to. Where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing this movie unless <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is the song we get to play." Yeah. Because it was so personal to him. So, like, yeah. that's, like, that I think is, like, that's the influence of Queen, I think, more than anything else, of, like, how personal, somehow, somehow that whole idea of we are just Queen now, there is no individual songs written by individuals, and somehow they made the most personal, like, classic rock music. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Um, what else did I do this week? Um, so, I was reintroduced to my, I, <laughs> to my love of Time Warp Trio. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. Um, which uh, I don't know how much you you know of Time Warp Trio. I mean, I have seen Rocky Horror. Uh, that's it. That's not. I don't know any. I yeah. That exactly. has nothing to do. Well, see, with the said, Time Warp when you messaged me, you sent me a picture of Frankenfurter, <laughs> and all I could think of was the Time Warp from. So I assumed it was Wait, a Rocky Horror no, thing. Those are two separate. You're on Twitter too much. Okay. This is you an definitely said, uh, No, those were no. What it was was what it was a reply. We're stopping the podcast for a second. It was a reply. <laughs> you said something about Time Warp Trio, and then the next thing you sent me was a sep- it was a separate message, but it was a gif of Frankenfurter in that thread. So I assumed the two were connected. No, wait. Or one before no, the other. Because the Frankenfurter thing was definitely to your spider, your underwear Spider-Man thing, looking like Rocky. Right, and then you said Time Warp Trio. Oh, okay. I could have sworn that the Time Warp Trio thing was all connected. No, anyway, I so what the hell is Time Warp Trio then? Because <laughs> clearly I have no idea. I assumed you were doing the Time Warp somewhere along the line. Oh, my God. I honestly thought You're... you were talking about – I honestly thought that that had something to do with what the, the, the three characters in Rocky Horror, Frankenfurter, and, and then the two that were, end up being aliens at the end. Like, I, I assumed you meant when you said Time Warp Trio. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, Oh my god, that's <laughs> fantastic! I need you to know. Wow, that just made my night. <laughs> okay, so, cause, but, but, um, yeah, cause I tweeted from the Say Report page about Time Warp Trio, and then I saw you texted me the picture of underwear Spidey. Okay. And I was like, all I can think of is Frankenfurter freaking out over Rocky because it's like the same. Um. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, anyways, so we got so Time Warp Trio. Uh huh. <laughs> is a is a book series. Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> it is a children's book series. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> about three friends who time travel. And their names are Frank and Furter. Yep. And no, I'm making okay. Anyway. <laughs> they're, they're, I love it. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> so so really so what time warp trio is it's like a 16 series a 16 book series and it's about three friends um named fred sam and joe and for joe's birthday they're probably like 12 i want to say like 10 or 12 <coughs> for joe's birthday he he had his uncle is a magician um and on his birthday his uncle joe <laughs> Uh, oddly enough his uncle joe brings him a present and it's a book and it's called the book it's a blue book and well i don't know if it's blue in the in the books but anyway so it's a book 
And uh, it's very mysterious and all of that. And um, basically what happens is when they, when the three guys are looking through the book or anything, they, um, you know, there's pictures in it. So if you if they touch a picture and they say, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to see that, blah, blah, blah. Like the, f- the first time they do it, they, it catches them off guard because they're just touching the book and they're like, whoa, a pirate ship, blah, blah, blah. Like it would be so cool to see f- pirates. And then green mist kind of comes out of the book and then they are in the middle of like Blackbeard burying his treasure. Um, that... That whole thing that I just did, I'm pretty much basing off of the TV show. Um, but the books in the TV show go coincide with each pretty other. Pretty hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so the book came out in, I don't remember when, uh, but the TV show came out in 2005. <laughs> so I feel like they were very close together in release but i i just 2005 sounds like they someone banking off of like harry potter it was like get yeah, us a kids get like us a kid that. series yeah. we could throw on tv yeah um or so, like uh what's it called the oh god lemony snicket unfortunate events unfortunate that one events. like yeah. it sounds like that that yep. kind of vein yeah mm-hmm. um but so as a kid i think i discovered these books in like i want to say middle school which makes sense cuz like Elementary school, middle school is the time where I was, like, discovering these kind of books. And they were short. They were really quick. They're easy to read. So, like, hit all the book, like, marks that I needed. Um, And it was, like, it really was my first, if I think about it, like, my first um, experience with time travel. And in, as a kid, I was really into history, too. So, it kind of meshed the two things together. Um... And it was it was cool. It had magic elements and all that, so it was really really cool. Um, but the show just I I don't know. It just like I was watching it on YouTube because all in the TV show has twenty six episodes, so they were able to create ten more stories out oh, of so the they time like, trio. So they didn't like split some of the stories into two episodes. They literally just created. I don't new... think so. I think they just created new episodes. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, as I was watching it on YouTube, I just remember feeling like this, this wonderment from it again. Like I remember realizing there was a TV show and recording every episode and watching it before school and watching it after school and coming home. And like, I remember the beats of a lot of the episodes, (laughs) like from beginning to end. There's there's an episode where they go um, and they meet samurai and and it's they become samurai and it's it's just so it, they usually get in trouble with the people that they're meeting but the the samurai that they meet is actually like really humble and teaches them you know how to be samurai and he's like becomes their friend through it whereas like the Blackbeard story Blackbeard is about to kill them. And, yeah. and they, they oh, time warp back. That's what Blackbeard do. What yeah, can I exactly. Say? <laughs> it's like so so I'm watching so I'm watching the first episode and yeah, it's 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 crazy that it is it is for kids, it is designed for kids, but like guns, cannons, like two dead bodies show up. Um he like is about to pull the trigger on these three boys. The, he 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 frames them for piracy 
and they have to go to trial. Like, it's a lot of, like, adult situations happening to three 10-year-old boys, 10 or 12-year-old boys. And it's like, this is... This shows that times have changed. Yeah, 2005, that's um, like the end of that era of like, we can just put kids in danger exactly. or whatever we want on TV before someone was like, no, 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 let's get a little more yeah. realistic here. Yeah. Hold on. Um, the the cool part, too, also, is that they, um, they time warp to the year 2105, and they meet their great-granddaughters, who are now time travelers themselves. <laughs> I love that idea that it's like, oh, by the way, you're just now at the age where you want to start dating other people. Let's introduce the concept of childbirth into your life yep. on top of that. Yep. Yeah. Like, hey, by the way, you're going to have these kids and they're going to have kids and you're going to have to deal with that at some point. Um, and their, their granddaughters, great granddaughters names are Jody, Frankie, and Samantha. I was going to guess Samantha on that one. <laughs> So it's it's just I don't know I just all twenty like I said all twenty six episodes are on YouTube, it's fun it's a fun stupid show to watch, and like even on the Wikipedia like I, I think we mentioned Tuttenstein, on the yes, on the podcast yes we've before. mentioned that before, and I think we've mentioned Kenny the Shark, we might not have mentioned Kenny the Shark. I don't remember if we've mentioned Kenny the Shark. Do you do you know Kenny the Shark? I don't know Kenny the Shark, okay, so, so Kenny, I'm assuming we haven't mentioned Basically, it. Kenny the Shark, he's a Is shark. Is that also a Rocky Horror Picture thing? No. Everything's Rocky Horror Picture related <laughs> until otherwise stated. No, Kenny the Shark, uh, he is a shark that can live on land. He talks, um, and he lives with like this family, and he always is causing you know, mischief because he's a shark <laughs> living he's on shark. land. Um, but basically... The Time Warp Trio is, is uh, it was like a WB Kids thing, I think. Um, no, it was Discovery Kids. It was a Discovery Kids show. And on the Wikipedia, it's like, if you like this, you should check out Kenny the Shark and Tuttenstein. So, like, makes sense. It has an audience. It has a yeah. certain kind of audience. <laughs> nerdy kids. Yeah. It's got a nerdy kid audience. Um. Yeah, it's 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 really good. And I have some of the books and like I said, it's it really does bring this wonderment into your into your eyes <laughs> when you see that like when you see magic mixed with time travel mixed with here uh history. And it's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> good job, Discovery. You got yeah, a fan. They Yay. yeah, they got a fan and then like 20 whatever years later that fan remembered they were a fan <laughs> so like you did something right i didn't forget about you um yeah that's i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much in it the black clover quarter nights demo i was playing um which i don't think i mentioned to you uh you did because i kept, i was like oh i have to watch black clover it's yeah okay. yeah yeah so um i didn't know they had a game come out and it's like um it's a weird fighting game, but the story... <laughs> most most anime will come out with a weird fighting game at some yeah, point. I it's... think a My Hero Academia one literally like just came out last oh, month, really? too. Yeah. Jeez. No, it's like, um, it's weird, because the online play is kind of like an Overwatch, in a way, where you have to... There's certain things that you have to do, so the one that I practiced, tried, was a control-the-point situation, and you're just, like, shooting at the other team, but it's, like, 3D and, like, like third person. or it's just, It was really weird, but um, 
it was really interesting. It, it worked really well with the show, so I'm I'm pretty excited. And the demo is really fun, so I I huh. recommend the demo. I miss licensed games. I miss when people <laughs> would put money into licensed games like yeah, that. I think yeah. Japan Japan's probably the only ones doing it right now for the amount. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's pretty much that's that's been my week. That's been your week. Yeah. My week's and, been crazy. And, and I'm trying to beat uh, Ultra Sun before Pokemon Let's Go comes out. Oh yeah, I've yeah. I, I've I've I'm done with Sun and Moon. It's like I finished the story and I caught like a few things. I have like ten Pokemon left, and I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm out. I'm done. I'm Pokemon out. Go, Pokemon Let's Go comes out soon. What do I need? Exactly. That for? Right? <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So so your week's been crazy. Uh, my week also started with Remy Malik. Funny hey. enough. That's good. Um, in my six-hour marathon of. The game until dawn. One of my favorite. He is in favorite that. Games. It is him. Yes. Okay. It's Remy Malik, uh, Hayden Penetaire. Yep. Uh, the guy from Agents of Shield that I don't know his name, <laughs> and um, the girl from Superstore that's pregnant. I don't know the actress's name, but she is in that as well. Oh, the the one who. Uh, oh, what's her name in the show? I know her name in the show. Yeah, but she, um, she was pregnant. She had the baby, right? She's like the I young. think at the end of at the end of season one, yeah, I would think, or okay. season two. Yeah, she has the baby at some point. But yeah, yeah. she's in that as well. Um, written by Ty West. I always forget this, but the game was written by Ty West, who wrote um, like House of the Devil and The Innkeepers, and I think The Sacrament, another horror movie he made. Um, so this was like a thing that this is like a whole thing where he worked with this game studio to write this, what's essentially an amalgamation of every kind of tropey horror movie thrown into one. So there's like teen slasher and then there's monsters and then there's the old insane asylum and there's, you know, trapped on the mountain and all of this stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. um, but I, I, that was one of the first games I bought when I got a PS4 cause it had come out like the year before and it was 20 bucks and I was like, yeah. oh, well, of course I'm going to try this. And I loved it so much that I have played it three times now. Um, cause I played it when I first bought it and then I played it at Halloween last year. Uh, and then this year I streamed it for the first time, which that's still up on the on my Twitch channel, yes. um, twitch.tv slash gaming story Zach. That's Z A C K, um, and it should be up there I think for another week. Tri- twi- Twitch I only archives so, yeah. things for weeks, but uh, I was so happy that it was only six hours. I had convinced myself that it was like much longer than that, and that I'd be up all night. And then finally, like <laughs> at midnight, I was like, "Oh, hey, we're at the end of the game!" Woo! Yeah. You, so, so you've played it three times. So that game is all about choices and the choices that you make and all of that. Yes. Have you ever gotten like the same? Because like, there's like a bunch of different ways you can play that game, right? Right. The way, right. Like a hundred different. The, you're, you're essentially playing through the same story every time, but what's changing is basically who's alive at the end. So at some point, the choices you start making start getting people killed if you yeah. don't. Do the quick time event right, or you choose to hide instead of run, or um, any, or or like if you didn't pick up the right object, so when they ran through the room, suddenly they didn't have a thing to fight off what's about to kill them, and then they die. I, All of this stuff happens. I did watch the hook death, and that was scary. Oh yeah, that was yeah. weird. I, that, did, I, I was not I ready. That was gonna happen. <laughs> I was not ready for that. That was my first death. That was unfortunate. <laughs> um, yeah, I made it out with four. Okay. No, three. I had four, and then my last final moment, I accidentally killed somebody. My last dumb choice I was making. <laughs> uh, 
So I think I, I think three is the most I've ever gotten out, and it was a different three people this time than it was the first time. Oh really? Oh, see that's yeah. cool. Not, not exact, not I mean, totally different. Like two, I think two of the three were the same, but one one person I definitely got out that I was like so happy that I was gonna get him out because he died the first time I played, oh, and then I and then I went and killed the other guy that was with us. I was like, damn it, <laughs> still only got three. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so but Rami Malik in that game, man, and um, Peter Stormare is like also shows up like in these interstitial scenes mm-hmm. as like they open up every. It's broken up into episodes. Yeah. Like almost like a TV show. Um, every chapter is so like every two or three hours you're seeing these, and so you've got Peter Stormare being just kind of weird, going around talking as a as like your therapist, as mm-hmm. your player's therapist, and very meta conversation about. What scares you? And he's definitely talking to you, the player, because as you make those choices, stuff will start showing up in the game. So it's like if you tell him you're scared of rats, there are definitely scenes where there oh, are just rats God. in the area. <laughs> okay. um, if you tell him you're scared of tell him you're scared of spiders. Suddenly, when it cuts back to the next Peter Stormare scene, there's just a spider in a jar on the desk next to you, oh my just to just to make you uncomfortable. Um, and then Remy Malik is definitely like one of the best actors in that game. And just, I mean, the animation that they did on these actors is great. But then his voice performance on top of that, just kind of get getting to go wild at times. Yeah. It's like so good. It was, it was just like right before Mr. Robot and stuff. So he was like brand new to the scene as far as most, most people were concerned. I mean, so I will always know him as uh, Tut from mm. <laughs> Night of the Museum. Well, there you go. I mean, I have never, I've never seen that at the museum. What? Just like I've never seen Love Actually. Zach, a lot of things. <laughs> Zach, you can't, you can't dump th- both of those movies. <laughs> you can't dump that information onto me because, like, two of my favorite movies. Gonna uh, be honest. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're fine. I just never got around to them. They're just never oh, on the top man. of my list. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so I did that, and I also replayed. Uh, I replayed Spider-Man on its uh, the new, new game, game plus Ultimate Difficulty, yeah. which really wasn't that much harder than normal difficulty. <laughs> All they really did was make it so I died in like three hits instead of like six or something. Like they just make you super weak. That's all they do. Everything else is almost exactly the same. Like the bad guys aren't carrying like heavier weapons earlier in the game or anything like that. So all it really did was they made a couple of the boss fights more frustrating because I had to replay them more times. Yeah, because I'm sure, I'm sure it's just like, whereas you had to only get them like five times, now you have to hit them ten times or something like that. Probably. Right. I, don't, right? I don't even know if that end changed as oh, much really? as it was just. Oh no, you just, just like difficult. it just takes more. It just takes way less hits to knock you out. <laughs> like, that's yeah. weird. But that's it was a little weird. That is a little weird. What it, the other thing that's weird. Is because I wasn't doing any of the side mission stuff since I didn't have to because mm. I already had everything unlocked. I didn't have to. You start to notice where the main story was written around the idea that you were doing the side missions. Oh, so, really? Like, so not not to get super spoilery. This is not a spoiler friends episode, but like the point at which like. Sable has to like leave and and because she's like oh things have gotten out of hand and it's great yeah none of that really makes that much sense unless you're doing the side Sable stuff where uh, like you're clearing out their their uh, uh, compounds and they're talking about how these guys have gone rogue and they're stealing money from people and all of this forfeiture stuff like her choices make less sense without that so oh so none of that is there so if you a hundred percent the game. 
So the option is there. You can do it, but you can just skip it and do the main missions and do the story. The problem is at some point in the story, she's like, well, I have to leave now because this is gotten out of hand and I have some things to think about. The thing is, most of the things she has to think about don't happen in the main story. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that really happens is when you go to save Osborne at one point and she's like, well, I won't shoot you now because then we can go save Osborne later. Like that's it has nothing to do with her people going rogue, which is what she's like concerned about. So, so. wait, so, so I, I'm kind of confused. I'm a little confused. So, in New Game Plus, do it's, you, it, do you, all the side stuff, is that still there? It, it is there. It's unlocking just like a regular New Game. New the game. only thing that has changed is that you have all of your upgrades and all of your gadgets at the start of the game. That's, That's all it. it. Is. That's, That's the, the only, only game difference. plus is. Wow. Yes, that is the only difference in the new game plus. So you can, <clears throat> which is why I also decided to just do it on the ultimate difficulty too, because I was like, well, I'm not playing everything. the story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not playing the story again. So, huh. so it's like, so like, I don't think I unlocked every tower because at some point there was a part of that I realized there's a part of Harlem I apparently just never went into during the main story because I never bothered to unlock the tower to it because yeah. I was just kind of hitting them as I went by them. Didn't pick up any of the side stuff. Didn't do any of it at all. So every time that game would do that kind of what becomes kind of an annoying thing actually when you're not doing the side missions when he's like, well, I guess I should just explore around the city and do this and that for a little bit until this <laughs> kicks off. Um, yeah. There's no reason to do that when you're already fully experienced and have all of the gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like a million icons would pop up on my screen for 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, there's all the stuff I'm not doing. Um, what? So the well, you already unlocked all the suits. That's really weird. Right. Right. All of that is just like hmm. gone. But I mean, it is also like I mean, it's a minor annoyance in the second time I played through that game. So I yeah. mean, it's that stuff was perfectly fun to do the first time there was just no reason for me to do it the second exactly it was just really interesting but more important is that i got to play 99 percent of that game in my underwear which was the True. funniest thing i have ever yes. seen it was like so much of that game is just, just hilarious of just him and his little spider-man boxer piece <laughs> in his mask it's like all of these like serious conversations going on and he's like half naked um and then I, the best one is like, it's like when he's getting like dragged into feast at the end, and yep. they have to, and it's just like, quick, we need some help, and he's just being dragged. Through. He looks like he looks like he partied way too hard. Yeah. With the oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, and I kept course, seeing your pictures. And I'm like, oh my god. And it, this and it is still great. kicks off the scene. Theoretically, it kicks off the scene where he accidentally is in his underwear. Yeah. So where it's like, oh wait, uh, where he comes out of the being intoxicated from Scorpion, and he's like, oh whoops, I guess I I guess that hit me harder than I thought let me put my suit back on so it blacked out again and came back and I'm still in my underwear (laughs) he's like oh well that's better oh there we go that's fantastic (laughs) oh my god amazing Uh, (laughs) well the best so I can only think of the best scene well the second best would be like when he's at MJ's and they're cooking dinner and then he has to leave and she's like did you just leave your clothes in the kitchen because he he comes out of the kitchen i come out of the kitchen in my underwear (laughs) looking at her like i'm sneaking out of an apartment (laughs) where i've been cheating on some other guy's wife and i'm like (laughs) fantastic oh that's great (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so so that was fun that was a good like break from like red dead redemption 2 i've been playing it's Mm. very good but it's exhausting to play in a way that that's just one of those giant giant open world games that is 
so overly detailed that it's like overwhelming at times. Um, yeah, I've heard. So that's been tiring in a, places. A friend of mine who loved Red Dead Redemption, the first one, she um, like I uh, she went so in depth with Red Dead Redemption uh, in high school. Like she was um, writing stories about characters and all of that. She loved this game. She was like, I need to I need to talk to you about the second one. She's like, it's there's a lot. I wish there was more story. This is yeah. This is kind of crazy. They went so heavy, um, like the story, because the story stuff that's in it is fantastic. Yeah. it's one of the. It is, I like on top of the fact that you know coming off of Spider Man, which was also fantastically written, to then come into this, which is mm. amazing. It's such a good year for video game writing, yeah. and then it's just like it's so spread out from everything because there's so much in between they want you to do and some of it is so pointless mm -hmm. not even like the open world stuff um so the thing that came out as red dead redemption 2 was about to come out was that they were crunching real hard to make this game and this is something that has been known about rockstar for very many years as well as very a lot of other video game companies um those of you who've never heard the term before because sometimes i forget that we're talking to an audience too <laughs> sometimes I get into these <laughs> conversations okay. so much that I forget that we're like recording this for other people um, those of you who don't know what crunch is crunch is just working overtime uh, extended overtime uh, many many days in a row uh, sometimes with no overtime pay and the expectation that you're going to get like a bonus later maybe if the game sells well and stuff like this so yeah. so um, one of the guys that runs Rockstar the, the two brothers that run Rockstar the Hauser brothers kind of d-bags uh, um, always have been and one of them they were interviewing and he was like oh yeah we've been going 100 plus hours every week making sure that this game's gonna come out and we love it we think it's great and someone was like dude that's not good <laughs> you shouldn't be happy that you're pushing people to work like 20 hours a day five days a week yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's and crazy. then more things come out that it's like oh we're there, the, what was weirder was their way to try and mitigate it was like they told some of their workers, some of, not all of them, some of their workers, normally we don't want you to talk about work on social media, but go talk about how great it is to work here. And some of them, some of the people that tweeted their better, their, it was great to work here was, oh, I've never worked 100 hours a week, eh, 60 or 70 sometimes, oh, but never 100 God. hours. Like, oh, God, stop. Oh. You're only shooting yourself in the foot. Oh, jeez. And then the game comes out and... There's, it is detailed to the point of way too much detail, it which looks, I never thought I would say about a video. It, it looks gorgeous. It looks amazingly, it's, like. It looks gorgeous. It is a beautiful game to play. Huh. Also, they put time into making sure, and I'm going to get blue here. Sorry, mom and dad. They put time <laughs> into whether or not the, into the horse testicles reacting to the weather. Really? Yes. So, yeah, and things like what? if your character, depending on what your character eats, they might gain or lose weight. Doesn't affect anything on the game. It just happens. So, like, there is extraneous detail that has no effect on story or game whatsoever that you might not even notice. But they just wanted to be able to say it was in there. Wow. And so I think that it's so like the amount that they wanted to put that stuff in there yeah. then it definitely affects how much shit there is to do in between story That's stuff crazy yeah that and not to mention dark star has like a really bad uh reputation for like their control scheme so like to run you have to like there's a 
somewhat jogging option, but if you want to sprint, you have to tap the X button repeatedly, and then you'll run out of stamina at some point. Oh my it's God. yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts the amount of weird detail they put yeah. into their game, and so so that's kind of what I've been dealing with. Like I I like I do like in an almost Breath of the Wild kind of way. Mm sitting down for like two hours and just kind of exploring mm -hmm. that's really nice the problem is that when i've decided i want to sit down and do story stuff it is so much work to just get the story stuff done and like figure that out yeah. but oh god oh it's so much so i so i haven't beaten um horizon zero dawn yet which is like is so sad. Like I should beat that game. I should really just beat that game. That was that one of the game. first games we talked about. I know, I know. And I just this, other things have come up, and it's uh, um. I think oh, there's part of me that doesn't want to beat it, so it's still there because it's so beautiful. Um, but no, so so. Like I don't think Horizon Zero Dawn. I always kind of thought I I would um compare it to Red Dead Redemption at least the first one because of the the riding and the the horse riding and all of that and and some of like I didn't play a lot of the first game but it just felt similar but like even in Horizon Zero Dawn the the world doesn't feel it's huge the world of Horizon Zero Dawn is huge but it doesn't really feel that way cuz it's it's kind of quick to get from one place to another right and it's constantly and like, giving you stuff to do in between exactly. and yeah and the sometimes and hunting stuff actually matters like yeah. the hunting mechanic in red dead is the worst because it's like you, the the only useful stuff is like the best quality pelts you can find mm -hmm. but you have to actually first you have to find the animals then you have to find the animal that's got the good pelt then you have yeah. to make sure you kill it with the right weapon so you don't ruin the pelt then you have to yeah see, <laughs> and it's that's like, oh my really god in depth. it's like <laughs> yeah. that's not i don't want to play a, a western simulator <laughs> that's what it is like... i mean that's really what it is it's like we've got this story for you but what we really want you to do is just live in this world and huh. take your time with it and it's like yeah but Story. The story is like sexually interesting. Yeah. Like the story in Red Dead is very good and was very good for the time. It is not aged perfectly, but it was very good. And this is so much far past that that it's like and informs because this is actually a prequel. Like Red Dead yeah, Two exactly. actually takes place yep. about like ten or twelve years before Red Dead One, mm -hmm. and so it's informing so much of what happened in that first game that it's like, yes, I want to learn all of this. Please stop making me go out and do any other things before please, you tell me more. Please Wait. stop making me do a hunting tutorial that takes twenty minutes. I watched yeah. another friend of mine. He was streaming the game, and I was I was I like popped in to watch him play it. And he had to go kill the bear or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's early on, so it's not like yes. a spoiler. Yeah, that's because yeah, because it's teaching you that there's <laughs> so, teaching you about hunting and that there are legendary yes, animals. Yeah, like, that's, so, yeah. So I'm watching this and like there's the whole there's the whole travel mechanic and I'm like this is really cool and you can you can switch between cinematic or you can do it yourself and I'm like that's kind of cool too because like if I don't want to just hold down the x the x button to like or and I don't want to control this horse yeah I'll watch a movie for like 15 minutes I don't care <laughs> like and they're talking and they're chatting I'm like that's really cool and then he gets to the part where you like get to the forest area and mind you yeah like i've been watching him for like 15 almost 15 yeah. to 20 First minutes off, you have to get to the forest yeah, area you which is get itself to the forest. a ride yeah. and so so i'm like oh this this is going to be cool like this is this is going to be a, like a cool mission 
because we're going to get to see hunting and all of that. Um, but then it gets to the part where he's like, yeah, you can, oh, he got away. It's too bad that he got away. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. If you want to keep hunting this whole thing, thing. You go ahead and do that. I'm going to go back to the camp now. This is too yeah. much for me. I was like, this has been 20 minutes of my life. And you're just, and, and we failed. Oh. We basically failed. And you're just going away and leaving me be. Like, okay. And I even text, like, I, t- I typed in the chat and I was like, this whole thing was a tutorial of how to, yep. like, draw out animals so you can hunt them a tutorial by the way what? i have not used since then <laughs> that's like, i'm not bothered to touch since was, then and like it seemed like you had to do it so like again oh, it's the one the closest... time i tried it didn't even work yeah okay so. wow so like the closest again the closest thing i have to to compare red dead to is horizon zero dawn there is a hunting like tutorial in Horizon Zero Dawn that I still haven't done. Because I'm like, screw <laughs> that. I've been hunting since I started the game. Yeah, that like... was always one of the things that, like, in Horizon, that always, <laughs> I laughed was like, oh, you got a new weapon. Here's a tutorial on how to use it. And but I'm if like, you don't no? use it the exact way we tell you and you don't have this mission highlighted, it won't count toward it. So it doesn't yeah, matter exactly. how many times you use the damn weapon. So, it, but it, <laughs> see, I could be wrong. It seemed like that bear tutorial, like, you had to go do. Like it, well, you what's couldn't... funny is that what he says is, do you want to come back to camp with me or stay here and do it? He gives you that choice. Yeah. So you could just go back to camp with him and come back later. But Jeez. like killing that bear has nothing like story wise to, to do with, with anything. anything. It's just to let you know Practice. you can get fancy clothing if you kill the legendary animals. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. I was so dumbfounded when yeah, he was it's... like, oh, oh. He, he ran away. Too bad. And I'm like, the wait. sad thing is after, after this episode. I am going to play more oh, of, of it. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> like, that's why, That's how this happens. This, uh, that's how it, we complain about something, and then we go give it more of our time. Yeah. Uh, that's how the world works. Speaking of things that annoy me, and I still gave them my time, that is a perfect segue into the things I watched on Netflix <laughs> You're this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to know what you cried at. That was embarrassing. Oh, we're going to get to that. That's going to be last, I think, <laughs> because I want to talk about a couple of things. The first Cause... thing was, I remember I, I had texted you, First, because I did I text you? Oh, I told you that I watched The Good Cop, right? You did, yes. Okay. I couldn't remember and if then, I texted you or if I was super vague about it, because I was super vague with someone about it. No, no, no. You definitely, you said that you have some things to say That's about Netflix. Okay. Okay. That you watched The Good Cop, and you said something else. And then else. I watched something else that made me cry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I was watching The Good Cop, because I, I had it on my queue for a little bit, and I was just looking for something to watch, mm-hmm. and so I decided to throw it on. And... I realized something while I was watching it, and this might have, uh, may or may not be connected to why we had a weird time watching um, Friends from College. Yeah. Um, And because what I was watching, I was realizing that The Good Cop is not filmed like a comedy. Yeah. The Good Cop is filmed like a later season, like later seasons of like Law and Order, or even a like. TV movie or even like I mean low budget cop movie like it is filmed cinematically and like a drama like lit specifically like a drama too so the fact that it is a comedy and they are constantly throwing out jokes feels off-putting at first because no one reacts to them the way that you, you, you react to comedy yeah. to things like Brooklyn Nine-Nine like as a comparison of another cop comedy when you know Jake does something ridiculous everyone has to like 
kind of react to the fact that this ridiculous thing is going on. Yeah. Or even like, but or even just like, it's not even so much like everyone has to have a comment. They just have to like react like it's happening, like something funny and out of the ordinary happened. And so we need to kind of react to that some way, or we at least have to stop for two seconds because even though there's not a laugh track, people are laughing theoretically. Yeah. So we have to give that a second. And well, the good even, cop does. Even the rookie has that. Like I started, we watched, we started watching the rookie, and that again is also filmed very cinematically, but it has those comedy elements, and there is like a beat. There's like a two second beat where it's for like, Nathan Fillion to like mug for the Nathan, camera and everybody yeah, laugh at exactly. him. Right. Like Nathan Fillion will look at one of the other cops and it's just like, this is our life now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, 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 and the good cop just laugh. Yeah. And the good cop just doesn't do that. They, mm -hmm. they like say jokes and keep going as if there were normal conversation. Okay. In a lot of ways. There's like one or two scenes. There's one scene where the, the, the like tech assistant guy for them is like drinking, has, has this like wrist. The, uh, like Fitbit that basically tells him when he's thirsty. Like that is oh, the joke. Is he's like, oh, this is when I've lost hydration, so I have to because it starts beeping. Yeah. And so there is one scene where like it starts beeping, and he very slowly walks to a fishbowl and like sticks his hand in the water, and very sadly because like everyone's just like annoyed by that. And that is like very, very much like a comedic scene. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like Josh Groban and Tony Danza just kind of talking to each other and saying things that are funny. But they are talking, but they're just saying them like they're just normal conversation. Yeah. And so, like, for a while, it was throwing me off of, like, oh, God, wait, where, there was a joke there. Hold on. <laughs> and I had to, like, readjust to it. It's still very good. Like, I very much like it. Like, once I got used to it, it was like, okay, this is actually kind of funny to be watching, like, it was, like, complete straight man. Mm. It's like everybody's a straight man. That's what it is. There it is. That's the way. <laughs> it is that it's, like, everybody is everybody is Abbott and no one is Costello yeah. in this, in the, huh. in this show. That's interesting. That's a <laughs> and really so it's like interesting. They're saying, and so they're saying these funny things to each other and they're just kind of going with it. Mm. And it's in the weirdest way. Um, and I mean, friends with college was almost like that too, where they were like, we're going to do dark comedy, except it's going to be filmed and treated almost entirely like drama. Yep. And they're not going to know how to feel about the comedy. <laughs> and we're not, we're not going to let any of the jokes breathe. Like, right. We're just and, gonna and it's almost going at it. Like, which yeah. is weird. Cause that show was full of comedians. And for yep. some reason they couldn't make that work. Mm -hmm. Josh Groban. I have seen on what, like two episodes as a side character on 30 rock and Tony Danza. I didn't <laughs> like, realize it was Josh Go Groban until you – like, I added it yeah. to my queue because you had mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I'll add it to my queue. I added it, like, two days ago. And, um, yeah, I did not realize that was Josh Groban uh, literally I'm until also, this moment. I'm also <laughs> convinced that Josh Groban wrote and played the music for the theme song, but Tony Danza is the one singing, oh which God. I think threw me off for a second because oh. I was like, I was like, that voice sounds too deep for Josh Groban. And I was like, holy shit, I think that's Tony Danza singing. <laughs> That's awesome. um, so yeah, so it was just like it was filmed and edited. I, I keep I keep saying weird, and weird makes it implies that it was bad, but like it was interesting. Just, it interesting. was interestingly, yeah. That I was like, okay. The other thing I want to mention is the transitions between episodes because they knew it was a Netflix show. Um, the transition between the episodes is every episode title is like a newspaper headline, and oh, so okay. every episode ends with like a very CGI like newspaper. Like someone takes a black and white photo of the last scene and it says like the end or something. But then the immediate transition into the next episode is the next newspaper being dropped down with the headline and the title of the next episode. 
and it immediately goes from one to the other, like transitions seamlessly. Oh, if wow. you're just binging it on Netflix, yeah. there's no like they so like I only saw the theme song once because it played on the first episode and then it's doing these immediate transitions in between which was like a really interesting thing of like oh they've this is the first this seemed like the first netflix comedy that figured out how to make netflix work as opposed to like trying to make do do a tv show that then play on netflix or pace itself weird or something like that i need to say i don't like when it skips the intro the I don't song. even know. To be honest, I don't know if there is an intro like, like written for those episodes. Those like like the, anything after that first episode, mm. if that's the way they they film that, I don't know. Well, like it happened. Um, it happened with um, Dragon Prince, and I'm like, no, I I really like the opening to these shows. Please let me watch it. And it just happened. Like I was telling you, I watched the first two episodes of Hilda, and the it the open. It's beautiful, and then just like the second episode. It, cuts right to the beginning of the episode yeah I'm like, and what's weird is but, it's got the skip intro option yeah. and sometimes it will give me that option and i can just watch the opening or yeah. it will just do it automatically it just does it, it automatically for me guessing at random mm-hmm. which show it wants to do but that it's on. like it, it makes me upset and it makes it's like someone took time to animate and create that opening please don't just skip it like yeah someone put yeah. time into that and even even if it's like the same thing every week and it's like you just drag and drop it like it's still someone's art like it's still someone's thing you know I, don't I mean, know. that was one of the most interesting things, like Disenchantment as kind of, again, a show that was a little weirdly paced because it was people who were used to working with regular television. But one of the things that they figured out they could do was their opening sequences are basically like James Bond openings because they are previews of the episode. Every yeah. opening of Disenchantment is different because it's That's showing cool. you what's coming in the episode you're watching, like little cardboard cutout things of what's coming in the yeah. episode. So there are people like who are like, oh, I mean, people are going to be watching this in binges we need to make sure that we do a little bit of tweaking with the titles and we do this and that and so like the idea that then that would get skipped over it's like why even yeah. let them do the work well, that's, there? that's ah. what like that's what makes me nervous about um hilda is that it, it's very possible that they could have been changing the opening and it's like nope we're just starting with the title card here you go here's your second episode like uh and it happens um with Again with Dragon Prince, the ending, the end credits of Dragon Prince have the drawings in them. I don't know if you like paid attention to the credits, but there are the they're almost like um, Callum's drawings. Right, 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 right. In the credits, and it usually has to do with what happened in the episode, and like there are little Easter eggs in the drawings, and there are you know things that get stacked upon each other throughout and it's like watch credits option yes i would like to watch the credits because someone put their time into changing the credits every episode so calm down netflix (laughs) calm yourself netflix calm yourself i wish i really wish there was an option like in your settings to say to to just take out the skip intro and skip exactly the next episode buttons and all that yeah yeah like, uh, if I want to skip it, I will skip it on my own. You don't need to give me the option. Put it just, yeah, I don't know. That's like my own little problems with Netflix, though. No, um, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, that's totally <laughs> fair. Because uh, especially when, like, when Daredevil premiered, when the first season of Daredevil premiered, and they had someone had put the time into the title 
into the title sequence, there was a lot of people who went, mm -hmm. oh my God, Netflix is going to save the art of the title sequence because they're finally doing this thing that TV shows don't even do anymore. Like Riverdale has no title sequence. It's whenever they hit the first break, they just throw up a title card mm -hmm. and then they just throw the cast over the next 10 minutes of the episode when it comes back from commercial. So like... Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the standard now for a lot of shows. So the fact that Netflix was doing this again, everyone's like, "Oh, we're so excited!" And then all of a sudden it was, and now you can skip it if you want. It's yeah. like, no, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> and like theme songs barely exist too. Like I right. like I have all these theme songs in my head from my childhood that like no, like no, the kids are not growing up with theme songs anymore. It feels like. Actually, Ugh. that might be a lie. Because there are still theme songs that are happening. They're well, just luckily, not. The, the, like, the like cartoon renaissance we've yeah. recently hit with like Adventure Time and um, uh, oh my God, Gravity Falls is what I was going to think of. But Gravity Falls yeah. doesn't actually have a theme song that I think about it. Or if it does, no, it does. It has an opening sequence. Star... I just, it's not, there's no words. So Star you know... versus the Forces of Evil has a, has a theme right. song. So it's like everyone um, that kind of everyone that kind of burst out of that like adventure time milieu of creators and writers and stuff that went on to keep making more and greater stuff. They are uh, they obviously like understand like the power of that branding and, and that opening of like, yeah. hey, here's the show now. And like setting the tone, even exactly. like an opening sequence can do so much for a show without you having to do ridiculous exposition. Well, seriously, like, that's what that's how I felt with Hilda. Like. Um, it, it starts with this, like, beautiful music, beautiful animation, um, and it gives you, like, it throws every single theme that you're going to get from the show in the title sequence. Like, I was, I was fully prepared with what I was about to watch. And it still made you burst into tears. And it still made me burst into tears. Because it's just uh. beautiful, man. It's just beautiful. I am definitely going to have to sit down and watch it. Because I've, like, especially because I recently rewatched Over the Garden Wall and I've heard, like, oh, I like, need to watch that again. thematically, they kind of follow each other, like, mm -hmm. it, so, so I like that idea. Yeah. It's I, great. Another show, by the way, to that, talk if, about it. <laughs> yeah. And if any second of Over the Garden Wall were ever cut, like, just from the theme song to the end of the credits, like, that would be horrific. Yeah. Because it's, oh, it's so beautifully blended. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I watched on Netflix this week. Is this, this is the is thing we're going to talk about. Is this the thing this that is made the you one cry? That, it is, and oh. you're about to laugh when I tell you what no. it is. No. I watched I Adam Sandler's 100% Fresh. Oh, God. It's new special. All right. There's a very specific reason why. I want to tell you how this thing was like put together first before uh -huh. I tell you. Like I read an article or I like, saw something on Twitter that was like, oh, here's a thing at the end of 100% Fresh. And I was like, well, now I have to watch the damn thing so I can get to that because that looks amazing. Yeah. So 100% Fresh, Adam Sandler's new uh, stand-up special. And it is edited strangely. Mm-hmm. It is. So edited whenever you see a... like a drama, edited like a drama. <laughs> Kind of. No, <laughs> kind of, except this is edited like it's time jumping. Oh, um, okay. So every, every stand-up special you see, you saw John Mulaney, and we talked about this when you, yes. when you saw John Mulaney, that was part of a tour of many, many shows, and then they just filmed one of them, and they made that the special, essentially. Yes. They like, picked one of the shows, made that the special. So for 100% Fresh, what they did was intercut, like, Fantastic. six or eight different venues that he was filming at 
and they would do this often mid-sentence. Okay, see, so, I love that. So essentially, it, again, one of those things took some getting used to. Once I realized what was going on, mm-hmm. it was actually really brilliant. And what yeah. the thing, the reason that it was throwing me off, here's what really blew my mind about it, because it took me a second to realize it was happening. And that's because essentially what they were doing was, you know, a, a stand-up special like any other TV show is filmed on multiple cameras. And so they cut between, you know, camera one, camera mm-hmm. two, camera three. So what was happening was camera one would be one venue in the start of the sentence. And when it cut to camera two, suddenly he's wearing a different set of clothes. He's at a completely different stage, but there was no space in the sentence. <laughs> and so like the actual editing done on the vocals mm-hmm. for his, for to, to overlay that was so pitch perfect that it took me 10 minutes to realize it was going on. <laughs> Cause what would it, I would like, look, I would like look down at something on my phone and I'd look up and suddenly he's wearing different clothes and like, That's wait, fantastic. hold on. I could have sworn he was wearing a different jacket. And then I look away again and look back and he's in a different venue. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So I need to watch this. Cause that kind of editing is so cool. I love that. That's it's, so and it's, cool. And, and it's I've, done so well. And they, they, there's even parts where it allowed them to like cut in like, I'm going to do this joke specifically talk about New York. So yeah. here's the New York venue that he's doing it in while he's having that conversation with those people. Or I'm going to do this joke about Michigan. And suddenly here's a show he's doing in Michigan while he's talking to these people about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's cool. I've always I've actually always wanted to see like a comedy special or or something of that nature or like even like a, a concert or something edited and filmed in that way so it's really cool and of course it's going to be adam sandler who's going to do that <laughs> yeah like and, and does, of course like, and it just makes strange. sense strange <laughs> and it was so what was so strange is, is also just kind of watching him now so i was a huge 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 adam sandler fan yeah. all through high school and even going into college i even like i can um, i've got happy gilmore all the way up through like anger management probably every movie that he did up through there i think I'm going to say probably the last time I watched an Adam Sandler movie in the theaters was Click. But like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. But like I but and I've seen bits and pieces like I've seen Grown Ups 2. Still haven't seen Grown Ups, but I've seen Grown Ups 2. Between <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. I have I have weird reasons for why I've seen Grown Ups 2 and not Grown Ups, but um but there was also then a point in my life where I went, I think I have outgrown Adam Sandler. <laughs> and then especially when then Netflix announced, oh, we're going to do six Adam Sandler movies and, oh and all of this. God. We predict this, predict this, this deal with Happy Madison. In the you. very first movie, he did something stupidly racist. <laughs> yep. Because after being super offensive to the Native American population of actors in the movie, they then walked off. He then replaced them with Jewish actors, which was the racist thing they used to do in the 40s. Yeah. So, like, I was like, okay, I think I'm officially kind of done with Adam Sandler. <laughs> well, and I watched his, Wish him I watched his um, <laughs> The Cobbler on Netflix, and it's just not good. It's <laughs> just, it's probably, well, with the exception of Jack and Jill, it's probably the worst Adam Sandler film I've ever seen. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Well, actually, no, I have a weird place in my heart for Little Nicky. Uh, <laughs> we did hit 20 years of the water boy though. Oh, really? Like last, like huh. last week. It was like, yeah, 1998 water boy came out before the matrix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so over the years, like I kind of went like, I don't think I've ever hated Adam Sandler, but there was a point in my life where I just went, oh, I'm, I'm done with you. You're yeah. just still doing the same thing you've been doing for 20 years. You've never really grown up. And um, now you're now you're at the point where it's like, 
he's like trying so hard to make his stuff that was still funny in the 90s funny now. Mm-hmm. Like he just does very little evolving. So watching the Santa special is interesting because it's kind of like he's he's 51 yep. and he realizes most of his jokes are still the same kind of immature, goofy jokes he was making when he was 20 something. And you can tell he still likes making those jokes. He very clearly is making those jokes. Like he's, I, I don't want to give the impression that he was, that he, he's one of those people that's like, oh, I can't believe I'm still doing this 30 years later. I think he's very much like, hey, I still get to do this 30 years later. That makes me so happy. Yeah. But I also think he realizes he's a 51-year-old guy on stage and other people might not find it funny anymore. <laughs> so he kind of mumbles into the mic when he's talking and telling some of these stories. And not in the like, Adam Sandler, I'm going to make up syllables and do funny gestures with my hand type of mumbling that he did when he was younger. I mean, literally, like, kind of hunched over, microphone held up to his chest. I'm just going to talk like this and start telling my joke now, and then at some point I'm probably going to say fucker balls, and you're going to all laugh or something. Like, that was the kind of thing. And I was like, oh, my God, Adam, (laughs) you can stop. You have so much money. You have so much money. You can stop. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And... But then he would do his. Then he also has the music that he does during his his uh, shows, and that was when he seemed to come alive. Like I bet I think that's what he wants to be doing at, with his life right now, is just making dumb songs. Because yeah. every time he picked up a guitar and sang, it was like a completely different person standing on stage. Hmm. Um, that's interesting. To that point, and now we're gonna get to the point that made me cry. Uh, at the end of the show. He does a tribute to Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say that's what's happening. He just grabs the guitar and then uh, says something about, like, this is, you know, this is for my best friend or something. Yeah. And then just starts singing this beautiful, beautiful song about how when he met Chris Farley and how much fun they had and how, you know, the way that he would like party hard and all of this stuff and like you could see it on his face there's a point where he does a guitar solo where i think there was supposed to be a verse and he couldn't bring himself to speak yeah so he does a guitar solo instead but it was like in in that moment it was like seeing a a third person on stage just this completely different guy who was like looking back on the last on his life and was like this would have been so much better. The last like 15 years would have been so much different and better if this, yeah. if my friend had been there. And I was like, well, that's it. Choked up now, man. I cannot <laughs> cry at this. And like, there's a big, one of the big things that gets talked about with Adam Sandler these days is like, what he really does is, it, it, for half the movies he makes, what he really just wants to do is hang out with his friends. Yeah. And so he makes movies to do that. Exactly. He's like, hey, we're all going to get paid. We're all going to party for a few days and we're going to go make out a, make a movie. And then we'll get paid after that too. It'll be great. And I think like that was the moment like watching that him play this song was like the moment that I went, oh, okay, that's actually true. <laughs> like yeah, That's yeah. exactly what he's doing. This is a guy who probably keeps doing the things he's doing and kind of refuses to grow up in a lot of ways because I think that is when he is his happiest, yeah. when he is acting like an idiot with his friends. With his friends. Um, and then yeah, he did I mean... a very... Then he did a very touching tribute to his wife by coming right after the Chris Farley song. It was like, oh, God, one of these things made me cry. And one of these things is very sweet, but it's nowhere near as impactful. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Aww. I'm even choked up now thinking about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because Chris, it's, it's always a bummer, too. Is it's like, Chris, I, I mean, 
Chris Farley really was like probably one of the best of them coming out of the, the SNL in the 90s where it was like everything he did was since everything he did was kind of based on self-deprecation. I mean, it's very little of what he did doesn't hold up today yeah. because it's not like you go back and watch like Tommy Boy and go, oh, God, he's being super racist. How did we ever find this funny? It's like, no, it's Tommy Boy. It's still hilarious, everybody. Tommy Boy's still a great movie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, like, that was completely unexpected. Like, I had seen people talking about him playing the song. I was like, I, I can't just find the song. Because my fear was I'm going to try and skip to the song and be halfway through it when I pull it up. So, I was like, I'm just going to watch the whole thing and I'll get there. And it was this weird buildup of, like, getting through the first 90% of this stand-up special and having this weird emotional roller coaster there of, like, I remember when I found this funny and this is still kind of funny and I don't know if that still works. And yeah like this weird self-reflection it put me in being like a like a a, a a a lapsed adam sandler fan and then all of a sudden had that pulled on me yeah. and i was like okay you got me you got me i don't feel bad that i sat here and watched this now thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> that's good <ugh>. <laughs> so crying is good that's I, the end of my that's the end of is my it's good <laughs> it is good and that's not embarrassing I don't think that's embarrassing. I, I think that's nice. I mean, oh, yeah. No, I, that's the other sad, thing. It's sad, but, like, not because you're, like, it's a sad moment that, you know, should maybe get some tears. I also can't lie. I'm not, I'm, I'm an easy target when it comes to, like, TV and movies making me cry. Oh. If you get characters crying on the screen at once, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> like... I, uh, I cry at everything. <laughs> I cry at a lot, a lot of stuff. Like... Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, they're like, so I'll watch like an episode of TV on my break at work just so I like know how long my break is. Um, like, and there are specific shows that I can't watch so I don't cry at work. <laughs> like, it's basically down to British television shows on uh, British tele uh, game shows on YouTube or Cuckoo, <laughs> which is another British show on Netflix that is a comedy uh, that still makes me cry sometimes, but like not as much. Just don't <laughs> let me just don't let me watch Doctor Who in public because that will make me cry. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 funny. Oh man, crying is good, everybody. That's the message of this week. Yeah, because then you feel really good about getting the ice cream afterwards. Exactly. You cry and you have some ice cream. <laughs> um, that's all I have for the week. That's, Do you that's have anything all I, else? No, I, that's all I got. Okay. I think we hit everything. And this has been uh, Say Report Junior, a uh, show you should be listening to, downloading. Nope, listening to, subscribe oh, no. to, and downloading every week. I got back to it. Um, you can find us on YouTube at uh, Sarah Report where uh, Sarah Report Jr. Oh my God, that's Sarah Report. Yeah, that's helpful. Give them the give them the credit. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Report Jr. where you will again find our episodes. You'll find our playthrough of Stardew Valley. Uh, at some point, we're going to try and figure out how to get probably in in chapters the yeah. the until dawn playthrough up there. Uh, if you've ever wanted to kind of see through that and watch me get surprised by a game I played three times. Uh, <laughs> And still not know what I'm doing. Um, and then you can find us individually. Oh, no, you can also find us on Twitter, at Say Report Junior. <laughs> then you can find us individually. I wasn't sure if I said that yet. Uh, I, am, okay. I am at Zerwiski. And I am at Dale's Brain. The, the last thing that I want to add is nine days until Pokemon Let's Go. Whoop, whoop. Woo! <laughs> and I think with that, we should all get ice cream. 
Take it away, Liz. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.